0: Hello and welcome again. You are listening to The Fellowcast with another Bring Your Own Bible episode. And today we are continuing in the book of Exodus from chapter 19 all the way through to chapter 24. And the focal point of today's conversation is Mount Sinai, which is the climax, as Garth will mention, of the whole book of Exodus. So enjoy this session, enjoy this time in God's presence, and we trust that as you listen, you will be blessed and learn something from this. So take us away, Garth.
1: Yes, Valder. we come today now to the climax of the Exodus story. Many times we think about the the Exodus story and the first things that comes to mind is the 10 plagues or the crossing of the Red Sea or the miracles of water and manna, and all of those things in the desert. But the climax is actually Mount Sinai because everything revolves around that. God brought his people out of Egypt and he's going to take them to Canaan a land that they will possess. But on the way there, he brings them to the mountain of the Lord. That was what the Lord said to Moses, right? Remember when he spoke to him in the burning bush, he says, this is going to be the sign that I truly have met with you. When you come to this mountain and you worship me here. So as he takes them out of Egypt... He says to them, first, on your way to Canaan, I want you to meet with me. And they're going to be around this mountain now for two years. The book of uh, Leviticus is going to be written here. The rest of the book of Exodus is going to play out here. Uh, All of the instructions for the tabernacle that they will build, they will build it there at the foot of the mountain. And then only in Numbers chapter 9 will they leave this mountain two years later to go and take possession of the mountain, of um, the land of Canaan. So here, God is saying to them, I don't want you to be like the Egyptians where I've taken you out of, but I also don't want you to be like the Canaanites where I'm taking you into. So for two years, rest with me around this mountain and learn to become the people that I desire you to be, a people that will live with God in their midst. But before we then come to that climax passage, um, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, comes out to meet him, together with um, Moses' wife and also his children, because he left them uh, as he went into, um, into Egypt. And there's a beautiful moment. Um, this man is so honored by the Israelites. All the elders and Aaron come and sit and they eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law there in the presence of God. And then it says, the next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the Israelites. And Jethro, his father-in-law, watches all day as Moses is surrounded by the people. And uh, by the end of the day, it seems like the line hasn't gotten any shorter. Um, and then he, he draw close to Moses and he says, Moses, what are you doing? And Moses says, well, I serve as judge. The people come to me to ask, what would God say about this circumstance? And then I must hear from the Lord and answer them. And uh, he says, well, what you are doing is not good, my son. Listen to my advice. And, And he says it's so beautiful. Verse 19 in chapter 18, he says, listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. And then he tells them, Um, you be the representative of God, teach the people, show them the ways of the Lord, but choose others who are able to judge. And then only if a a matter is really too hard for them, too difficult, they can bring it to you and you can judge. Um, But lighten the load. And as he says as well, it will be better for you and it will be better for the people. Otherwise, you and the people will be wearied with how you're doing things right now. And then he says to them, v- verse 23, if you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. That That's a really wise man in giving advice. And he says, this is my advice, but hear from the Lord. It's interesting when Moses rewrites this at the end of the 40 year journey, then um the, the book of Deuteronomy is like three long speeches that Moses gives the people before they cross over um, the Jordan River without him. So he retells all of these stories of the Exodus uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. Um, when he retells this part of it in um, chapter one of Deuteronomy, he, he actually tells it without even mentioning Jethro. He, he just says, um, at that time, I say to you, you are too heavy a burden for me to carry. Uh, the Lord, your God, has increased your numbers. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, answer, and increase your thousands. But how can I bear your problems? Choose some wise and understanding, rep- um, respected men from among you. Um, and you answered me, he said to the people, uh, what you propose to us is good. So I took the leading men and I he prayed over them. And the Lord filled them. In other words, he tells the story without the man who gave the advice because he took the advice to God, listened to God, and then implemented it. It's a really good practical lesson for us just in hearing the Lord through people that ultimately we make our decision with God having received advice from wise people. But, Valdu, here we come to the biggie. Chapter 19. So the Lord then says to Moses, let these people make themselves ready because in three days time, I'm going to come and meet with him. And as much as many of us have grown up with reciting the Ten Commandments out of Exodus chapter 20, I think you might have, like me, missed the fact that these very words were spoken audibly by God, not just to Moses, but to an entire nation camped around the foot of that mountain it's a it's a powerful glorious moment so the people make themselves ready in those three days and then it says in chapter um to the towards the end of chapter 19 so moses went down to the people and told them get ready come meet with god and god spoke all these words chapter 20 starts off i'm the lord your god who brought you out of egypt Out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship before. Uh, Just so gloriously powerful. The fact that God speaks this and everybody around the mountain hears the Lord. Now, if you want to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5, again, the retelling of what happened over there. Uh, Verse 23. These are the commandments the Lord proclaimed in a loud voice to your whole assembly there on the mountain from out of the fire. The cloud and the deep darkness, and he added nothing more. So those very words of the Ten Commandments. And then verse 24. And you said, the Lord, our God has shown us in his glory and his majesty and we have heard his voice from the fire. Today, we have seen that a person can live even if God speaks with them. But now, why should we die? In other words, they've overcome. They're overcome by fear at hearing the voice of the Lord. And so they say to Moses, you go near to listen to all the Lord our God says, then tell us whatever the Lord our God tells you And we will listen and obey. In other words, we don't want to hear him directly. And the Lord heard you when you spoke to me. And he said, I've heard uh, everything they said was good. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commands. And so the Lord listened to their request and says, all right, Moses, I will speak to them through you from now on out. In other words, you will be the prophet. And it's interesting, the image that we had in front of um, Pharaoh, just like Aaron was the prophet on Moses' behalf, now Moses becomes the prophet on God's behalf towards the people. He will tell them what the Lord says. So we get the Ten Commandments, and then immediately after that, in chapter 21, we get the instructions for Hebrew servants. Um, And... We've had a previous talk about that. Remember, Waldo, we we had a um, a recording where we spoke specifically about slavery. Why could the Israelites have slaves? Why did God condone it? And we just said, remember, this is not kidnapping people. Uh, Because in that very chapter later on, I think it's what, verse 16, anyone who kidnaps someone is to be put to death. Whether the victim has been um, sold or is still in the kidnapper's possession. In other words, slavery In that sense, kidnapping people and selling them um, is completely unlawful, according to God. And then also the kind of um, servantship or slavery that he condones here doesn't look like the Egyptian slavery. Um, He says you have to treat uh, foreigners with respect. Uh, The same laws apply to them. So you don't um, treat them like the Egyptians treated you as slaves. You honor and respect them. In the way that you work with him and for the next chapters then this is moses hearing from god the instructions that he then comes and brings to the people um, it speaks about the protection of property in other words theft and how you restore things that were stolen um, it's always giving back more than you've taken to make it right um, it speaks about uh, how to look after the woman in your midst seducing a virgin and the consequences of that Uh, lending money um, to needy people if you read through it especially um, read a bit out of chapter 23 and you'll find this is the kind of place where I want to stay it's like that image of that book utopia this is a beautiful place uh, that God is creating among them a society that I would like to live in Um, just for some examples chapter 23 it says do not follow the crowd in doing wrong in other words, don't gang up on somebody with false witnesses. Uh, verse 4, if you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to return it. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you falling down under its loads, do not leave it there. Be sure you help them with it. That's a beautiful heart that God is instilling in them. Uh, do not deny justice to the poor people among you in your lawsuits. Do not accept a bribe. Do not oppress a foreigner. Um, then he gives him Sabbath laws with regards to every seven years. Uh, again, it's the kind of country that all of us would love to stay in, that once every seven year, uh, production takes a stop. And we just live off what the Lord has given us. Uh, we let the land rest that's been sustaining us um, so that it can have its own rest and then return working for us. Um, some other laws over there, chapter 24 um, then uh, speaks about meeting, oh, sorry, I'm jumping over something. In chapter 23, the, the three annual festivals. Um, so three times every year, All the males are to gather together in the place that the Lord would choose. That would later become Jerusalem. So it's for the festival of unleavened bread, remembering the day that the Lord um, took them out of Egypt. Then it's to celebrate the festival of harvest. Uh, It's with the first fruits. When the first fruits of the harvest start to come in every year, they have a celebration. The Lord is providing for us. Um, And then when the... um, Harvest ends, The celebrate the festival of in-gathering at the end of the year when you gather in your crops from the field. So both at the beginning of seeing God's provision in the year and at the end of it, you celebrate together. How glorious that rhythm that God is bringing in them. Remember, it's me giving to you what you need. Um, then there's this powerful, and we're going to stop with, with that today, This powerful encounter where God has with him in chapter 24. Uh, So Moses has been up on the mountain meeting with God. And remember, the the mountain is covered with smoke and fire. The glory of God is there. And then God says, um, "'Go and get Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu,' in other words, the priests, "'and 70 of the elders of Israel, "'and then come up on the mountain and worship me uh, at a distance.'" But Moses alone is to approach the Lord then. So he goes down the mountain, he gets these men together. So what is that? Altogether, um, 74 men. They come up, and then in verse 9 of chapter 24 of Exodus, uh, Moses, Aaron, Abu, and Nardap, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate, and they drank. We could just so easily jump over that. Here's 74 people walking up a mountain to have a personal meeting with God eating and drinking in His presence, seeing God sitting on His throne with the glory of that glassy floor that Revelation chapter 4, Isaiah chapter 6, Ezekiel, the beginning of Ezekiel speaks about. All of these men uh, have seen the glory of God, the the throne room of God. And all throughout the ages, consider, this is now uh, hundreds of years before Isaiah, and Isaiah again hundreds of years before John, and uh, in between Ezekiel, and yet all of them see the throne exactly the same every time. Nothing have changed. God is still on the throne, and His throne room haven't been shaken. Nothing have been refurbished, uh, painted. It's exactly the same, the glory of God. We're going to stop it over there, because then Moses is going to go into the presence of God up the mountain and leave these guys behind. And then uh, for many, many days, he's going to be in God's presence receiving instructions for building the tabernacle. So after having had this meal with God, get the picture that God says, I've met with you. I ate with you. I brought you out of slavery to this place. Now, Moses, I'm going to give you instructions to build a house for me, a tabernacle, a place where I can stay, In the middle of all of these people. The same glory you've seen up on the mountain is going to come down and it's going to be in your midst. In the middle of your camp. Right there between all of your people. What's God's heart in all of this? He's saying, I'm your God. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to show you how to live so that I can live with you. A holy God among a people who is holy as I am holy. Glorious picture, isn't it? I'm looking forward to talk about it next week further.
0: Well, thanks again, Garth. There you have it. I trust that you've been challenged and blessed by this episode. And if you've been listening along, please stay tuned for those episodes that are still to come as we journey through the book of Exodus and the Bible all together. Until next time then. Bye-bye.